Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Looks like we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, my fellow co-host, and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, the Denver Broncos have been uh, racked by a string of CV-positive tests. Five guys this week have gone on the reserve list basically 86ing them from this coming game unless as Vic Fangio hinted at today one of them might end, or a couple of them might end up with these being false positives but knowing the guys we'll get into it knowing which guys are probably going to be out of pocket this weekend is that a storm the Broncos can weather does it matter I mean realistically it doesn't matter if they win this game are they going to beat Kansas City even if they win those games they're going to make the playoffs I mean does it really matter it seems like they're delaying the inevitable right now the bigger storyline to me uh, with these late CV impacts on the Broncos roster specifically watch Vic Fangio spin this as a means to keep his job watch him go to George Payton on January 10th and be like listen George what do you want me to do I don't have this player I don't have that player I'm I lost my quarterback and yet we still won Eight games, let's say. You know, that's the only storyline that's emerging to me is another excuse for Vic Fangio, kind of like injuries, to buy him another year. But in terms of the game on Sunday, maybe I'm just defeatist right now, you know, nihilistic a little bit, but I don't think it matters too much considering the final outcome of the Broncos season. I think that's Sans playoff berth. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. So in case you guys missed it, Tim Patrick placed on the reserve list, Bobby Massey. So there's two starters out the gates, Bryce Callahan, starting slot corner, uh, Mike Ford, a depth corner slash huge special teams contributor, 
and uh, Stephen Weather, the the rush linebacker. So those are the names. Everyone's holding their breath because the Broncos are straight tripping, dude, that there's going to be another handful of positives tomorrow. That's why they actually canceled practice today in the middle of, Zach, of a game week. That's crazy. Like, that's unheard of in the NFL, barring, like, acts of God. And maybe that's what this is. Maybe you could consider this to be uh, such an act. But they ended up having a, quote-unquote, virtual practice today, Zach. Try to wrap my brain around how that can help this team, a virtual practice. I don't see how a real practice is helping that much either, you know, like, and this is more excuse for Fangio not to even watch the offense. If it's virtual, he can just pretend he's there and not actually have to stand there and watch them. So, you know, I tweeted earlier today, somewhere Kendall Hinton's warming up his arm just in case it's another outbreak and he has to play quarterback again. But I, I, for, I hope the Broncos can get this game off. I don't think it's going to have to be postponed or push back. But again, ultimately doesn't really matter when you, the bigger fish to fry in the Broncos facility are not the players. It's not CV. It's the head coach and the coaching staff. So I don't know. Donald Netanyahu. I know it's a catch 22, but as long as we have a shot at the playoffs, I'm rooting for us to win. Hey, I don't begrudge you that, you know, in my heart of hearts, I'm always going to hope for a win, irregardless uh, of whether or not, you know, draft seating and all that stuff being what it is. If you're on the field, go out there and win the game. But the Broncos, I mean, guys, how many teams would have to basically lose each of these last two games whilst the Broncos win both for the Broncos to get in the playoffs? Like, I I, I stopped trying, Zach, to follow and do that math. Like, it's all but assured they're not making the playoffs. I mean, it's on Twitter. They'd have to win the remaining two games and hope like five teams lose or a combination of wins and losses. I, the percentage is like 2% according to like the uh, ESPN, NFL, FPI, whatever it's called. That's the playoff predictor. They have a very slim chance. They need to win out and get a lot of help. But even then, by some miracle, if they make the postseason, does anyone have confidence in a Vic Fangio-led squad, Pat Shermer-led squad, they can make any noise? All it would do is buy Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer another year. Man, the AFC just hasn't been as dominant this year. Look, I mean, there's only one club entering uh, you know, the final two games of the season that has actually clinched a playoff berth, and that's the Chiefs. Meanwhile, NFC, you've got a 12-3 and club, 11-4 and club, 11-4 and club, all of whom, another 11 and four, a 10 and five, all of whom have clinched the playoffs. In the NFC, there are two spots left. It's looking like Niners. The Eagles have a shot. That's crazy to me, dude. Eagles have a shot. Uh, on the bubble, the Vikings. You know, this is one to really kind of watch, guys, as an ancillary um, intrigue this weekend because if the Vikings fail to make the playoffs, Zach, what are your thoughts? You think Mike Zimmer gets shown the door? Uh, maybe uh, it could be time for a culture change in Minnesota. What's more surprising to me is the team below them, which is the Atlanta Falcons being right. at least in the hunt yep. rookie head coach, rookie general manager. They lost their best player on offense and uh, Calvin Ridley. They have quarter Patterson playing running back. And even so they're still fighting and among the race. It's amazing. Once again, what good coaching can do for a team. Then you got the saints over there, Washington. Meanwhile, AFC, the chargers are the last team on the bubble. So the, Let's start at the top. So Chiefs, Titans at two with a 10 and five record. Bengals at three at nine and six. And the Bengals, Zach, I'll tell you what, when that team is on, they are on. 
they are impressive to watch, man. When things are clicking, uh, the Bills at uh, four at a nine and six record. The Colts at five. Colts have been one of the kind of feel good stories of of this year. Um, at nine and six, the Patriots still have a chance to win the division, depending on how Buffalo finishes up. And then the Dolphins. So if the playoffs started this weekend, that would be your seeding. All right. Just outside for now are the Chargers, who really shot themselves in the foot by losing that Houston game. Yep. The Raiders, Ravens. I'm surprised how much the Ravens have really struggled this year. Uh, the Steelers, Injury. the Browns, then yep. the Broncos. So, I mean, guys, I and I don't say I'm not trying to depress you. You know, I'm not. I'm not a downer. I'm a glass half full type guy. But we're talking probabilities and and you know something you can hang your hat on. The only thing you can really hang your hat on relative to the playoffs for the Broncos, Zach, is that they're not going to be in it. <laughs> Every team ahead of the Broncos right now, the Broncos lost to. So they would really need some serious help. And the way you're going over the playoff picture, the teams that are in right now deserve to be in there. A team like Indianapolis, they deserve to be in the playoffs. The Broncos have no business being in the postseason. They need massive changes on their coaching staff, at quarterback, before we can even talk about them being a viable playoff contender. This is the best outcome for the long term. It's another non-playoff year, you know, since Peyton Manning, this and that. But for the long-term outlook of the Broncos football team, this is what's best. It's the best chance to usher in a true mighty change of heart. Travis Tarbox, what's up, bro? Appreciate the stars. He says, uh, evening priest in Broncos country. Sounds to me like Fangio knows what's about to happen. Maybe he's thrown in the towel already. Zach, your thoughts? I don't know. I don't I don't see that from Fangio. I, I don't see him being that defeatist because again, he has too much pride and too much ego at stake. And he pretty much publicly begged George Payton for another year as head coach by saying, I'll come back as a lame duck, no extension. I, I love George Payton. Today he lauded George Payton's draft class and broke it down pick by pick by pick. I don't think he's thrown in the towel. He's just showing himself to be more of what he is, which is incompetent. But now he's facing pressure. Unlike last year with CV, him being in only his second season, he had still a honeymoon period. That honeymoon period is over. It's been over for quite a while now, and he's feeling the criticism. He's feeling the scrutiny, and he knows if they don't win, he's probably gone. Guys, real quick, and Muhammad, love you, dude. Thank you so much. I, I'm not sure what the sticker was, but you know we love you. Appreciate that super sticker. Uh, guys, tonight is uh, the 30th. Tomorrow, of course, is New Year's Eve. And a lot of people are going to be out of pocket tomorrow night, which we understand, right? Tomorrow night, Friday, that's Dove Valley Deep Divers. They're going to stream. They're going to hold their show. But a lot of people are going to be out of pocket. So if we're going to reach this goal of 250,000 stars so that we can raffle off a Broncos jersey here in the month of December – it's tonight, guys. We got to push it tonight. We closed some distance between last night, this morning's Broncos for breakfast, and right now we got to be able to close that gap, I feel like, if we're going to hit 250K this month. We're at 90%. We're almost there. A big push, and we are there. And here is the rankings, all right? The only people in the, in the running for that raffle are those who helped contribute to the goal. Facebook helps keep track of that for us. Michael Ronquillo is at the top, followed by Joe Spath, Miguel, Travis Weber, Shane Daniels, Doug, Lawrence, Andrew Baker, Pete Middleton, Tim Hoffman, and then a few names, Stone Carranza, Travis Tarbox, Jermaine. Each one of these folks are going to have tickets in the hat. Andrew Lampy, Mike Reno. And uh, we'll update 
super chat here in just a few more minutes. But outside of that, guys, Zach, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Very interesting article by Thomas Hall today at uh, milehighhuddle.com. And he says that the justification for the Broncos, and then we'll grab Sam Bam here, uh, the justification for the Broncos to fire Vic Fangio, there are many, right? But it all boils down, if you get to the very, very bottom, to one thing, and that is his failure as a head coach to come up big in must-win situations. Every time he's been faced with a this is kind of like do or die we need this in order to get to that next tier. They come up small. Do you think that's ultimately what George Payton, how he's kind of viewing this thing with regard to Vic? Or do you think there's just so many reasons up to yeah. this point that it doesn't pick one? It doesn't really matter. What Thomas laid out is one of the reasons, but there are several reasons as to why he does not deserve to be a head coach. And I saw Fernando kind of call me out for using the word incompetent. I'll use different words throughout the podcast tonight to describe inept Vic Fangio. It's not just that he can't win the big game. That's a problem that predates Fangio. That goes back to the post-Peyton Manning era, not having a quarterback, not having the right personnel at times. Um, he's generally played for the most part, Kansas city close. He seems to have their number Mahomes' number in certain games. Uh, he's taken down quarterbacks like Herbert. He, he owns rookie quarterbacks. The problem in a micro sense is that his defense, as we talked about, and we're the only ones that seem to ever bring this up. They never come up clutch in a certain series in a certain play in a certain quarter in a certain situation, not even overall for a game or for a season, but from a series to series, they never can do anything that would uh, win the game solely because of them. They didn't get the ball back for the offense on Sunday and going back to last year's season finale against the Raiders to keep it with Las Vegas. They're the ones, the defense that let him march right down the field and score the winning touchdown in the final seconds. But it's also his clock management. It's also his total disregard for offense. It's it's also the bias he's shown for Teddy Bridgewater and against Drew Locke. It's, he's shown to be not a head coach. He's sh- shown to be what he is, and that's a lifelong defensive assistant. He's a great coordinator or will be once again a great coordinator, but not a head coach. So not coming up clutch or not coming up big, that's one reason why he deserves to go. But there's, take your pick, five or six at least that are front of the brain. But, you know, here's the thing. When you talk about competence, incompetence, when someone says, you know what, that guy's a competent X, Y, Z. Competent to me doesn't just mean, you know what, he can stand on two feet without falling down. Competent to me means good at what he does. He's competent. You can trust him. He's Uh, above average. He's competent. Vic Fangio has proven by virtue of the results, like throw everything else out. We just show you here was his record in 19. Here was his record in 20. Here's his record in 2021. Does that speak to a coach that's good at what he does? And if he's not good at what he does as a head coach, you know, this is taking away the facet, of course, we're not talking about, is he a good uh, defensive play caller? Talking about running a team as a head coach, I can't sign off on calling Vic Fangio competent. So thus, yes, indeed. I'll double down with you on that, Zach. He is incompetent. Uh, Sam Bam, appreciate you, dog. Zach, I like your idea of Nathaniel Hackett, Green Bay offensive coordinator, being the next head coach. Let's say that does happen. Would that be a sign George Payton is going all in on getting Rodgers or at least feels he has a good shot of getting him if made available? 
well, that's going to be the the storyline here in the narrative. Oh, they're, they're going to go after Nathaniel Hackett if they do to bring in Rodgers. And what did Peter King say? Devontae Adams as well. But I, as I explained yesterday, this is how I feel that Hackett's a good candidate because you can go both ways. You can go for a veteran quarterback like Rodgers, but even if you miss out on that, let's say Rodgers stays in Green Bay, Rodgers retires, whatever, you can you can draft a quarterback in the first round and feel comfortable knowing that your head coach slash OC can develop that. So I think if you go to Nathaniel Hackett, you're getting all the boxes checked. It's a, a guy who's young but not too young. He comes from NFL blood. He's worked with a Hall of Fame quarterback under a great head coach. He seems to be ready to take the step forward. If they get Aaron, great. But if not, you draft Kenny Pickett in the first, first round, Malik Willis, any of those quarterbacks, I would feel comfortable with Hackett developing them, unlike the last six years. So a quick perusal of Nathaniel Hackett's NFL resume, all right? Uh, as Zach mentioned, he's 42. Got his start in the NFL as a quality control coach in Tampa Bay, all right? The last vestiges, if I don't get my dates wrong here, of the Gruden regime in Tampa, all right? And other guys included were in that uh, tail end, young guys, quality control, like Sean McVay, for example. Buffalo Bills, quality control in 08 and 09. Went back to college, Syracuse, passing game coordinator, et cetera, QBs uh, in, from 10 through 12. And then in 13, he becomes Buffalo's offensive coordinator. In uh, 15, he serves as the quarterback's coach in Jacksonville to Blake Bortles. And as Zach mentioned last night, 2016 through 18, he's the actual offensive coordinator. And Zach, wasn't it 17 that the Jags made it to the AFC title game, mm-hmm. that one great year they had? Uh or was it 16? Game. Either Pretty way. Sure it was 17. It was either 16 or 17, which Hackett presided over either one, right? And then you look at his move to Green Bay 2019 to present. I think it's you could argue that he has presided over the best version of Aaron Rodgers, which is saying something. You know, Aaron Rodgers has been at the top of the mountain for a long time. So he's a very intriguing coach, and he's a very intriguing option that if I'm being honest, I like him a lot more than some of the other options. If there's anything that turns me off or makes me question it, good to see you, Michael. Love you, buddy. Yes, this is the last Huddle Up podcast of 2021. Crazy to say that. Uh, if there is, Zach, anything that gives me doubts about Hackett, and I'll end this little blurb here, it's that I've always kind of felt buyer beware on hiring coordinators to be head coaches who are calling plays for Hall of Famers. There's some truth to it, but let me just, you know, quote word for word, one future Hall of Famer. This is what Roger said in January about Nathaniel Hackett, who was in the running for the Falcons job. This is his endorsement. Quote, he's able to captivate the audience, which is usually the offense. Anytime he gets up in his meetings, he has great energy. I don't know how he does it sometimes, but half... But to have a beautiful wife and four kids and all the demands that being a father has on you, and then to be able to bring it every single day at the facility is very admirable. He's been around football a long time. His dad obviously is one of the legendary coaches of this profession, so he has the pedigree, but his presence. He brings such a great positive energy to a room. I think any team would be lucky to have him as a part of their squad. I mean, when you have, that's totally unprompted. That's from the heart. That's genuine from Aaron Rodgers, who's kind of, a I don't want to say buttoned up, but he doesn't really give compliments all that yeah, easily. he doesn't gush. He's not a gusher. You know? And that's that's a pretty big, juicy gusher right there. So that's why it kind of won me over about Nathaniel Hackett. 
And yes, he is the son of Paul Hackett. Um, Andrew Baker, what's good, brother? He says, as exciting as uh, Rodgers or Wilson would be, I'd rather Peyton put in work getting and developing his own people. We need 10 to 15 years to compete with Mahomes, and if A-Rod or Wilson doesn't win us a Super Bowl, it would be a waste. It's definitely a concern because you're going to be giving up some serious short-term draft capital, high-round draft capital to get either one of those guys here. So you're basically going all in on you know a two or three year window and as you bring up there andrew it's a fair point what about the next 10 years because mahomes is young ain't going anywhere andy reed might be hanging it up in the not too distant future but mahomes sure as heck isn't so it's a fair point and it's something zach that you know peyton will weigh between now and you get to uh, free agency in the draft but something tells me he's gonna be a little bit more biased toward if I can get an Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to go get him. If I can get a Russell Wilson, if, I'm, if I can get my hands around a sure thing, I'm going to go get that. And if not, if they miss out, Zach, on any one of those guys, I think it's a near lock they take a quarterback this year. Reckless but not aggressive. Or, excuse, excuse me, aggressive but not reckless. That's what George We're Payton's... talking about Peyton, not Fangio. <laughs> exactly. That's what George Payton's credo is. So I agree with you to an extent. I think that he'll stick his his beak in the Rodgers sweepstakes and the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. But if the cost is too prohibitive, if they want three first round picks and a player and all this and that, I don't think Payton will do that. You can just as easily, like the comment says, draft a quarterback. And if you have the right coach, develop that quarterback for sustained success. When the Deshaun Watson rumors were going wild and, and Wilson and A-Rod this past offseason and everyone was saying the Broncos make the deal, make the deal. We were among the few that were saying if you don't win a title in that window, you're back to square one. Except you're a few first round draft picks shorter. You're a lot less uh, well off financially, but you're right back to square one on the drawing board. You have a very finite window if you acquire a quarterback like that. So Peyton also has to weigh that. Um, no one talks about either. Let's say you trade for w Wilson or Rodgers. You have Drew Locke under contract, and then drafting a quarterback, if you have a second-round pick or in the third round, that would be a pretty ideal scenario. Let's say you have a developmental rookie, you have Locke being the experienced pro, and then you have the no-doubt veteran in the building. Could be a interesting three-way at the quarterback position. <laughs> Joe Spath, appreciate you, my friend. You have been a big reason why I, I'm relatively confident tonight we're going to cross goals. So appreciate it. He says, I can't listen live, but wanted to show my support. We'll catch it later. Go Broncos. Really appreciate you, brother. Um, this is a good point that Scott brings up relative to Fangio and competence versus incompetence. Does anyone other than Marvin Lewis get three straight losing seasons in the NFL? You know, especially today, that's only intensified. It's, I mean, it's what have you done for me lately? And uh, the Broncos just can't afford to wait any longer to see if Vic's going to get it. You know, especially when there's so many great options out there that ostensibly Zach could really help this team get to that next level. Chad, I'm a big believer in you either have it or you don't. You can't magically learn to become a leader of men. It didn't work out for VJ, and he was a defensive mind too. Why don't we hold Vic to those same standards? I was not the biggest fan of Vance, certainly far from that. But he got his shot. It seemed like he wasn't learning. The Broncos moved on. Why do the Broncos or 
the Vic Fangio supporters that are left thinking he's suddenly going to learn how to manage the clock or when to call a timeout, when to challenge a play, to learn to watch the offense in front of you, not to be biased toward one quarterback. That's never going to happen. There's a reason why he was a lifelong assistant. There was a reason why teams passed him by and passed him by until the Broncos came calling. And we're learning those reasons now. He's not cut out for the job. He's a boob. Uh, Here we have Jermaine in the house. I just was laughing watching Scott laugh at the at the boob. You don't want to hear incompetent Fernando? I'll call him a boob. (laughs) He says, Jermaine, thank you, buddy. Watch Drew lock that is, of course, ball out Sunday, 280 yards and three touchdowns. Hey, you know, of all the AFC West opponents, Drew Lock has a winning record against the Chargers. He beat Phillip Rivers as a rookie. He came back, stormed back, beat Justin Herbert last year and then lost to him later in the year he's two and one so how are you feeling about drew after what you saw last week going on the road some of the expectations and the pressures that are come with that zach have kind of been like a like a balloon the air has been let out of it do you think it's a loosey-goosey drew that just goes out there plays what you know has fun just kind of lets it rip Well, if I can make one more case as to why Fangio is in over his head, Chad, I was going through the quotes uh, from yesterday's presser, I believe. This is what Fangio said, what he liked about Locke in week 16. Okay, follow along with me here. He can make make all the throws all over the field from sideline to sideline or vertically down the field. Then he was asked where he wants Locke to improve in week 17. Quote, we have to throw it better and more efficiently and complete more balls. I mean, the guy is a walking contradiction. He has no idea what he's talking about, and it pains him to give Drew Locke a single compliment. He caught heat for saying it was an up-and-down game when, honestly, Locke was statistically the Broncos' best player on the field on Sunday, and no one talks about that either. I'm looking for the Broncos to win this game. I'm looking for Locke to be more like Drew Locke and, and trust his arm more. He talked about his accuracy was improved. His turnovers were improved in the in last week's start. I think that is confidence. I think that's growth. And I think he'll take more chances. He'll get the offensive players more involved. Talked about Jerry Judy already. He's a playmaker, best route runner. I think we'll see a connection there. Chargers, once again, they're down. Uh, Nazir Adderley and Chris Harris Jr. in the secondary. If Cameron Fleming can hold up at right tackle, replacing Bobby Massey and Calvin Anderson fending off Joey Bosa, I think Drew Locke can make some hay. I I look for the Broncos to win Sunday, but I've been burned so many times. Chad, I have scabs all over me, same as you. Isaac, appreciate you, my friend. Really do. Shout out also to David Wilder. You demand, he says, Monday, Black Monday can't come soon enough. Uh, For me, I'm ready for the coaching search to begin. And then uh, Ashish says, where do you guys live? There's a big fire in Superior Louisville area, it says the news. More than yes, shout out and much love, prayers, yeah. thoughts to those families. It's sketchy right now. W- what absolute devastation! Um, our thoughts and prayers are with them, absolutely. And yes, we hope that snow uh, puts the kibosh to that. And if there's anyone in that neck of the woods, um, let us know if there's anything MHH can do to help. Okay, um, let's grab here Travis Tarbox who says. We've dealt with the Band-Aid quarterback for the last six years. It's time to find our answer at quarterback. I know they're not easy to find, but it's long overdue. It is long overdue. And, Travis, you could argue the Broncos have never found a quarterback in the first round, ever. Now, I think Jay Cutler should qualify as as a hit in that department. 
you know, I think his, you've heard me talk about this on the podcast before, but I think if Josh McDaniels doesn't have his head up his posterior and holds on to Cuddy, his career arc probably takes on a different complexion. And so does probably Josh McDaniels. But back to the present here, Zach, there's a strong argument for, you know what? You've suffered this long. It's been six years. Just do it right. Just go out, identify your guy, swing for the fences. I mean, first-round quarterbacks, Tommy Maddox. Remember, John Elway was not drafted by the Denver Broncos, even though he never suited up for any other NFL team. It's and it's a, it's a lame asterisk because, I mean, he might as well have been drafted by the Broncos. But still, guys technically drafted Tommy Maddox first round. That was a freaking complete bizarre waste. Um, Jay Cutler, Brian Greasy was a second rounder or no, he was a third rounder. Uh, Jay Cutler, first round, Tim Tebow, first round, Paxton Lynch, first round. And then you've got a handful of the day two guys, Zach, like Drew Locke and, uh, Brock Osweiler. And, uh, as I mentioned, Greasy, and there's an, another handful of guys they need to, I, I agree with that sentiment, Travis. It's a matter of does this front office, Will they view it in that way? Or do they just feel this insane pressure to get back on the horse, quick fix like an Aaron Rodgers could do that? Every time I hear Cutler's name, I, I can't help but think of that urban legend when he was in Chicago where apparently he was in a bar at some urinal and he was, I guess, had a few drinks and a fan came up to him and goes, Jay, I love you. I'm your biggest fan. And he goes, don't care. It's just <laughs> one of the funniest things. I don't know. It's so Jay Cutler. Um, <laughs> it is true, though, and this is what we've been saying as well. I know other podcasts say it, but you got to swing until you hit that home run, and the Broncos haven't hit one. And unlike uh, John Elway, who was reticent to draft a quarterback after the Pax disaster, George Payton, if he has conviction, no matter who's in the building next year, if you like a guy, go out and draft him. Hopefully you'll have better coaches around to develop that guy, but you got to keep looking until you find it because it's not for two years that matters. Like a previous comment said, it's for eight to ten years that really matters. Tim, appreciate you, my friend. Big stars tonight. He says, what's up, guys? We all love this game because in any given Sunday, uh, you can win. Two games left. We go. We beat two great teams. The Chiefs will probably rest their players by the time we play them. So, yes, we can win the last two games. Let the pieces fall where they may. Go Broncos. Happy New Year's. Yeah, can they? Yes, I agree with you, and I believe in any given Sunday. Parity reigns supreme in the league. You, you know, you can't uh, count any chickens before they've hatched in the National Football League. There's a chance they can win this game. Like, I mean, a good chance that they can catch kind of a reeling Chargers who just came off an ugly, very bizarre, disappointing loss and just kind of kick them while they're down type scenario. But I am not convinced, my friend, Tim, that the Broncos can beat the Chiefs even without Mahomes. They had a shot at it. Uh, was it last year? Yeah, last year. I can't even remember the backup's name. It just left my mind. That's Matt who Moore. beat the Matt Moore, beat the Denver Broncos. So, anyway, I digress. I, I mean, they've come close. I mean, they even came close in 2018 with the – we always talk about the Case Keenum to DT uh, yep. misfire, but, like, they've had their opportunities. It comes with playing them twice a year and kind of knowing, but if they had just a little better play on offense, they could have taken down Kansas City the last time they played. It was 19-9. to 9. 
It's a 13-point game against Kansas City. That's a winnable game. If the Broncos had a little more from their quarterbacking and from their coaching, they could have pulled off the upset. So it all starts with that to me. Coaching, coaching, coaching. I'll continue saying it. Clayto Tornado in the hizzy. Thank you, buddy. Hey, dudes, I wanted to know why you think that Hackett is the best candidate because I can't get over – what I can't get over is, is he responsible for that awful Jaguars offense in 2019, later fired? I still say Brian Dayball. I'm not – for what it's worth, I'm not saying Hackett is the best option. Um, you know, I'm, I've kind of vacillated on who my favorites are, but without picking a favorite, Zach, I'll throw the names out there that I like, all right? Hackett, Dayball. Uh, Kellen Moore from Dallas, and I like the idea of Doug Peterson. I want to know where his kind of his head's at. I want to try and dig and learn a little bit more about how things fell apart uh, in his his last year there in Philly. But um, yeah, you got to question a little bit what happened to that Jags offense. But at the same time, Clayto, don't you feel like Hackett was kind of whistling past the graveyard there with uh, Blake Bortles getting that level of performance out of Blake who? Let's be honest, man. He was uh, he was as underwhelming a top five pick as I've seen in the last decade of the NFL, and yet Hackett got really good numbers out of this cat for a couple years, sixteen and seventeen. If my I'll, I'll go look it up. I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, but both his numbers in both those seasons, Zach, were good, and especially for him. I mean, you were talking about what happened to that offense. Blake Bortles happened. That's not really, it's like trying to win with Teddy Bridgewater. You just can't do it. You can be the greatest mind, but you need a little better under center. And I find it funny that you don't want Hackett because he got fired from the Jaguars, but you want Brian Dayball, who was fired from the Jets before he got to the Bills. So I don't really understand that logic. If you want a guy to develop a quarterback like Malik Willis, you can add Greg Roman in there as well. I mean, there's a lot of up-and-coming young offensive minds. If the Broncos can get one, I'm not saying Hackett's the best, but he's winning me over considering the endorsements he's gotten from the players and the coaches around him, who he's learned under, who his father was. I'm taking everything into consideration. He's up there. Kellen Moore's up there. A lot of guys to choose from. And guess what? No matter who they pick, more than likely, they will all be better than Vic Fangio and Pat and no, Shermer. And, Zach, no matter who they pick, that person will have been fired more than once as an NFL coach in his history. Okay? Uh, real quick, and then we'll grab uh, Ray. Well, Ray Kramer says, Zach, if we did get Hackett, could he develop Locke? Hold on to that thought just for a second. Blake Bortles, all right? Under Hackett, 16, 17, 18, 16 Bortles. The team went 3-13. and 13. It was a forgettable season overall. But he posted – just shy of 4,000 yards and 23 tutties is his uh, 2015. He wasn't there in 15, right? He, that was his previous stop. So 15 was his career high in tutties with 35. 16, he was terrible completion percentage, but still productive. 17, and this is the year, as you can see, that the Jags went 10 and 6, got all the way to the AFC title game. Had the Patriots, Zach, dead to rights. This team was going to the Super Bowl, but it was another Tommy mir uh, miracle. Anyway, that season, he, he upped his completion percentage and then, you know, 3,600 yards, 21 touchdowns to uh, 11 picks, which was a career uh, – no, it wasn't a career uh, – 13 picks, which was a near career low. It was his career low up to that point, Zach, so for what it's worth. But back to the question at hand for Ray Kramer, could Hackett develop Drew Locke? Ah. Uh. Yeah, you know, I mean, could he, could Drew Locke play better in a different system? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say 
judging what he's done in Green Bay with Aaron versus what, what's happened with Drew in, in Denver. Um, I would have confidence that you can develop Drew Locke, but I would want a little cleaner of a slate than Drew Locke. I feel like he's been too Sam Darnold in Denver with chasing ghosts and all the regression in his development and the, and the lack of confidence and trust they've had in him. So I think he can develop him, but as like a side project. If, if Hackett comes here, it would be to continue mentoring in his way Aaron Rodgers or developing a first-round high-priced quarterback like uh, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, et cetera. This is how great our community is, Zach. When the bell gets rung, our people answer it. We bridge the gap tonight. 10% was needed. 10% was got. We're going to be raffling off a jersey Sunday. It's going to be really, really fun. Mission accomplished, Kevin, baby. Kevin Smith, great to see you, brother. Long-time listener, long-time member of our community. Appreciate the stars. Appreciate you helping contribute to us hitting that goal. That's every month of this season, this regular season, Zach. We have set the goal. We have hit the goal. Props to you guys. Love you. I mean, like watching Vic Fangio lose the challenge, I'm never surprised when Broncos country comes through. You guys are incredible. The reason we do this and the best fans on the planet, thank you so much and uh, good omen for the new year. Different strokes from across the pond. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, "Would I would love Rodgers, but I can't see it happening. Rodgers' continued cryptic musings, I think, are a ploy to strengthen his hand at Green Bay. You talked well, about this yesterday. Yeah. It, the, the, the cryptic thing about, um, you know, man, maybe I could retire if I go out on top. If I win a Super Bowl, you know, no, all bets are off. But exactly – and it's not so much to strengthen his hand in terms of, you know, getting another contract from Green Bay. It's strengthening his his posture, his leverage to get out of town. He, for whatever reason, I mean, we can rehash all the reasons that we've heard about, from the GM stuff to the drafting of a first round quarterback, all the stuff. He wants out, and I think Zach, the allure of seeing what Peyton did in different colors late in his year, and then seeing Tom do it as well. He wants to be able to say, hey, look, you know, these two guys were considered to be the best of their era. Don't forget about me. I'm going to go do the same. Only because they won, though, in Denver. If Aaron comes to Denver and they have a losing or nondescript season, it starts to taint his legacy. And I don't think he wants to end up like Adrian Peterson, you know, just bopping around from team to team wherever he sees fit as some mercenary. I mean, he's a legend like Adrian Peterson. And I think if they do win the Super Bowl or come close to it, he would consider going out on top. And one interesting thing, too, about his relationship in Green Bay, he did say that his... Uh, his relationship, for lack of a better word, with the GM there, Brian Gutenkunst, has improved this season over the course of the last couple months. I don't look at it too much as a ploy. He's getting up there in age, back-to-back -back MVPs. You win another title and separate yourself from someone like Brett Favre. What more do you have to prove? Well, the thing that's interesting about Rodgers, all right, compared to every guy what we just named in the last three minutes, he does, what else does he have? There's no kids to go home to, man. Finally get to spend time with my family. Like, this is all he's got, which to me points more toward dude's going to keep playing for a while, for a while. But I could be wrong on that. It's not like I know Aaron Rodgers personally, but we'll see. Shane, the aviator, what's good, bro? He says, by the time our game starts Sunday, we could already be eliminated from the playoffs. Does this change the timeline for firing Fangio or losing for draft capital? For some reason, I really want Denver to take a hard look at Doug Peterson. 
I understand it. I'm, I want them to take a hard look. I want them to take more than a hard look. I want to bring him in and do an interview and see what his vision might be. But back to the real issue here, Zach, Broncos could be eliminated by the time the game kicks, depending on how other games shape up. Do you think that changes the timeline as far as Fangio? I don't. I think because you've gone this far, right. you're going to wait till Black Monday to handle that business. Yeah, this was like week 12 when they were eliminated. And yeah, you know, one more loss could have been the final nail in Fangio's coffin. But with only one game left after this week, just wait until Black Monday and don't have that reputation attached to you where you're too impulsive or you're too trigger happy to fire your head coach. Um, interestingly, if they lose out, meaning their last two games, and they get some help in their favor, they can end up with the sixth overall pick in the draft. It's a pretty big uh, yes. incentive, incentivization. That's Nick. Ashish again saying, I hope Peter King, what he says comes out true. I remember last year he said the Broncos might go for Teddy, uh, and they did. Do you guys think they should let Vic go or keep him to keep the defense top class? Uh, no, it's time to uh, go ahead and exercise that demon. Move on with your life, Denver Broncos. Vic ain't it. Well, let me give PK some credit as well. He called Case Keenum to the Broncos in 2018. So whatever – Magic eight ball he has seems to be working pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Michael, dude, seriously, you've been going crazy. Love it. Thank you, bro. I know for a fact you you're gonna finish uh, December number one on the stars list. So you've got some pretty good odds. Many tickets in the hat to win what would be your second jersey of this season. So he says today I got my Demarius Thomas color rush jersey. Posted the picture on my Twitter page. Go Broncos. So rad, dude. We'll go check that out. Uh, Von Miller Express says, Chad, Zach, I'd like to thank you for all you do for us out here in Broncos country. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Finally get a catch-up the last show of the year. Get a catch-up. Patrick Mahomes' burner confirmed. <laughs> Mahomes in the hizzy. No, for real. Thanks. No, appreciate thanks, you. buddy. Happy New uh, Year. Another legendary member of our community, Fernando. Good to see you, bro. Very generous on Super Chat. He says, I love it. And speaking of Super Chat, this contest continues to rage, all right? Here is the top five. Similar to Facebook, we, we're going to be raffling off a jersey for our YouTube community at the end of this month to the top five finishers on Super Chat. Ethan, a.k.a. DWI Guys, is still at number one. The Duchess, still at two. Naj Altaf, still at three. Christopher Gaspari, still at four. And then Mark from Georgia, still at five. So this these rankings, Zach, have not shifted, changed whatsoever over the last, say, three, four pods. The Queen right there at six. Hernandez, legend, at seven. Kayaka, eight. Corey, nine. Malachi, ten. Sambam, I'm pretty sure it's climbing, though. So there's still a shot to get into that five between tonight and tomorrow, for what it's worth, gang. Appreciate you. Uh, Daniel says, in Rogers, we trust. Hard to say that, bro, till uh, he's sporting your team's colors. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Dennis Woods, another great member of our community, up in Michigan. If no Rogers or Wilson and you draft a quarterback, what do you do while the rookie quarterback develops? Are you bringing in a... Uh, Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins or someone else is another one or two years. No. Before I do that, Zach, I'm going out and I'm just rolling with Drew Locke. 
for one last year, if that's what my concern yeah. is. I'm probably, though, here's the thing, guys. Rookies have to play. John Elway, it's so funny because there's a feature that you can find now, still on the uh, on YouTube, that was done on Elway shortly after he was, uh, I want to say it was ESPN, right when he got enshrined into the Hall of Fame, so whatever that was, circa 04 or something like that. And in it, he's talking about how, you know, he's reminiscing about his career as a player. This is long before he becomes a Bronco executive, right? And he basically says, I'll paraphrase him, that, you know, I had to play. And he did. You know, he went back and forth in the first year or two uh, with Steve DeBerg, who was the stopgap veteran kind of keeping the seat warm while Elway learned on the job. And ultimately, they ended up going to Elway as a rookie and as a year two guy, even though DeBerg played a little bit. Elway got those reps, Zach, and that he goes on to profess that, look, my belief is a young quarterback, the only way to develop a young quarterback, play him, play the young quarterback. Then you fast forward decade and a half and the shoes on another foot, Zach, he's a, he's an executive running the Denver Broncos, no less. And you wonder, does he really believe that? Because we know he tried to strong arm, Gary Kubiak to play Paxton Lynch. He wanted Paxton on the field, even though at the time Elway knew he wasn't the best quarterback on the roster at the moment. He knew that Paxton Lynch probably wasn't the guy that gave the Broncos the best chance to win, at least relative to Trevor Simeon. But he knew that if he was going to develop as a first round pick, he had to play. He had to play. So that was a long winded way of me saying here, Zach, that if you draft a quarterback, just get a guy that you could count on to step in if he get hurt if he got hurt like a Joe Burrow. You're planning on playing. You got to plan on playing that guy. Don't draft him if you don't think he can start as a rookie. That would be my last two cents on that. Well, that's the beauty. You're, you wouldn't have Fangio and Pat Shermer, you know, gambling on Drew Locker or a rookie. You would have someone like Hackett or Kellen Moore or Doug Peterson, someone with an offensive background that you would feel comfortable with either quarterback playing. Drew Locke, you and I both agree, Chad, I think he would look better and perform better in a different offense and different circumstances, but you have a high-priced rookie. This isn't like 2005 or you know 2003. They don't need three years to sit anymore. You can play the guy right away if you feel confident enough, and the Broncos, they have the receiving weapons. They have the running backs. They more than likely will have the blocking. If they have the coaching, then why not play a high-priced rookie? I wouldn't sit him and, and go out and sign like a Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. Why waste the money? You have a quarterback that'll have three years of experience, starting experience. He, he knows the city. He knows his teammates. Keep Locke around. You have Brett Rippon. You can bring him back. He's an uh, exclusive right free agent. And then go out and get your first-round quarterback. Guys, before we run out of time here, let's do – and Michaela jumping in. Thank you. Love you. Appreciate the Duchess. Flexing hard for us. She says, is it just me, or are we playing scared? Playing not to lose and not to win. Man – Tired of the C thing. Yes, indeed. The virus can just go, you know what, itself. But, um, yeah, that's kind of been another theme of the Fangio. And it's a common theme amongst defensive-minded coaches, right? I mean, there, there's obviously a philosophical um, ethos behind a defensive guy. You're defensive. You know, you're playing not to lose. You're playing not to let them score. It's just a different kind of – I don't know, you know, uh, philosophy that's naturally and natural and inherent in defensive-minded coaches. John Fox are the exact same way. 
I mean, that 2012 divisional round loss to the Ravens, quintessential. The end of that game came down to fear of losing, you know, playing not, coaching not to lose. Instead of giving Peyton Manning 38 seconds and a couple of timeouts to go try and get a field goal, Fangio, or uh, Fox was slobber knockered after that Joe Flacco just Hail Mary prayer that was answered by the football gods and decided, no, let's kneel on it lived to fight through overtime, and then they just got trucked in OT. When you had the NFL's only five-time MVP who was on an 11-game winning streak with two timeouts and 30 seconds. All right, I digress, but my point is you're, you're not wrong. And Shane says here, all I want this next game is to see complimentary football um, on offense, run pass. I also want to see uh, receivers become a major part of the passing game. Yes, indeed. Zach, let's uh, – uh, Sam Bam, hire Hackett as head coach. Get Rodgers as quarterback for the next four years. Draft a quarterback in 24 to learn behind Rodgers and for Hackett to develop. And then we are set. I mean, yeah, you you definitely would have to wait that long, Zach, if you wanted to draft a quarterback because you wouldn't have a first-round pick for a couple of years. Then draft one in the second round and the third round. I mean, you can find quarterbacks. You talk about Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. They don't have to be first-round guys. So I'm not waiting until 24 to get Rodgers' heir apparent you know, as a backup. you got to get the guy in the building ASAP, whether it's Drew Locke or another guy. So I agree with your premise. I like Hackett. I can get on board with Rodgers, but waiting until you know two more years plus to get a developmental guy who could be your long-term guy, too long. Okay, guys, before we run out of time, let's do uh, – uh... Quick head-to-head comparison here of Broncos Chargers, seven and eight going into LA, take on eight and seven. Broncos are still plus three in the turnover margin, which ranks them ninth, tied for ninth. Uh, time of possession, they're still top ten. They're sixth, uh, and then meanwhile, the Chargers are dead zero in terms of margin, which ranks them fifteenth. That means they've given the ball away the exact same number of times they've taken it away, whereas the Broncos taken the ball away three times more than they've given it. So in one sense, Zach Fangio got what he wanted in terms of the turnover differential. But the Chargers are also uh, – this is not a top-10 metric. I don't know why they have him uh, in green here, but nevertheless, an oversight by Broncos PR. They are 11th in time of possession. Offense, I mean, look at all this. The only thing the Broncos have to hang their hat on top-10 ranking is they've only been picked off nine times. And they've only given the ball away 16 times. Everything else is black and red. Meanwhile, the Chargers, Zach, look at this. Fourth in net yards, third in yards per play, eighth in points per game, uh, fourth in passing, uh, six in fumbles lost. They've only been sacked 28 times, which is the ninth fewest. They're top three in third down percentage and top six in red zone percentage, dude. I mean, this is this will be interesting. I'm sorry, when you have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams and you're 19th in the NFL in rushing, that's disgusting. That's a fireable offense right there. 23rd and third downs, I think it was 20-something uh, in sacks allowed, 19th in red zone. I mean, if if you don't believe Pat Shermer is incompetent, oh, I used the word Fernando. Uh-oh, then, uh-oh. Then, well, that's Pat Shermer, not Fangio. I, I have a whole other set of verbiage for him. What what else could prove it? I, I mean, if the one strength of the Broncos team is running the ball, and they've shown to be a strength of the team, 19th is the best they can muster. But look at in comparison. I mean, all that green, 9th, 3rd, 6th, 6th. Defensive-minded guy, by the way, as head coach, but does enough to uh, help out the offense. Just the key metrics, man. 
And it's no different than Tom Hall's premise that in the key moments, Fangio comes up small. In all the key situations, offensively, coming up small. Meanwhile, we look at the defense here, Zach, and there's a little bit more cause for uh, you know optimism. The Broncos are the, wow. the, the sixth ranked defense in net yards per game. Uh, they're tied for first in points per game. So the Broncos are only allowing 17.3. So if they were to finish in this metric, number one, they would be the number one scoring defense in the NFL, which would be the second time Fangio would have achieved that in the last four years. He did it with the Bears in 18. Uh, net passing, they're top five, the Broncos passing defense. And then red zone, they're top four. All right. But meanwhile, they're giving up 110 yards per game on the ground. Uh, they've only got 13 picks, which ties them for 13th. And again, when you factor in, Zach, that Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan account for nine of those 13 picks, it's a little bit sobering. Sacks, they just can't generate consistency in this department. But, you know, they're still middle of the pack there. And then you look at the Chargers. Uh, Brandon Staley for being considered this young defensive genius. I'm not seeing it, Zach. I'm not, I mean, uh, 31st in points per game, but Hey, they've recovered nine fumbles, which ranks them top 10. Then look at their key metrics on defense. Third down worst in the NFL. Where are the Broncos on third down 23rd? So they got a slight edge there. Okay. Offensively red zone percentage. There's only five teams worse than the, than the chargers in the red zone. So anything else that jumps out to you on this, Zach? Well, I mean, if we're comparing Fangio and Staley, Staley's only been a head coach one year. Fangio has had decades in the NFL as an assistant. So I would think there'd be bumps and, uh, and, and this and that, but at least he's doing enough to help out the offense. And he's a true leader of men, Brandon Staley on the sideline, unlike Vic Fangio, but you know, we can laud him for points per game, and that's a nice little feather in Fangio's cap. It'll help out his resume, Chad, but 26th in the red zone, 16th in sacks, 17th in takeaways. I mean, those are the things that help win ball games. Broncos are first against in scoring defense. What's their record right now? What's their playoff situation looking like? It only counts for so much. That's why I don't. I follow the data and the science to an extent because the eye test, your intuition, and what your brain tells you and what your eyes witness, I think, tells the truer story. All right, guys, so there's your head-to-head. Last head-to-head of 2021 calendar year. One more head-to-head next week when the Broncos get ready to take on the Chiefs. All right, we are about out of time here, so let's catch up on anybody that has uh, been waiting patiently. Like Sam Bam, thank you so much, my friend. Really appreciate that. What's my ranking now? You're number eight, big dog, number eight. Scott just confirmed. So you're uh, you're inching up. You're inching upwards. Love that. Appreciate your support, my friend. And as we've uh, done in months past, we'll also raffle off some little care packages to the two different tiers of people who contributed on Super Chat. So even if you don't get the jersey, you'll be in the running for a little something-something. Uh, Michael says, uh, I sent the Demarius Thomas Color Rush jersey picture to the uh, MHH Football Priest Twitter account. All right, buddy. We'll uh, we'll look for that. Uh, Jermaine says, this is the week that drew lets the hose loose screw <laughs> I, okay <laughs> love it dude uh, jeremy arm. good to see you speaking purely on on the field talent i'd rather have i i would have rather had chad kelly than teddy or drew 
strictly on the field. He is was better than both all around. He was the I truth. Always- we always liked Chad Kelly, yeah. you and I. We kind of been derided for that, but I mean, he was a complete buffoon off the field. But on the field, man, he was an exciting guy, uh, dating all the way back to his old Miss days. If only Von Miller never had that Halloween party, you know what mm. could have been. I, I mean that only half jokingly. He was about to take over the starting job yep. uh, for Case Keenum. He was about to be the starter. He was looking really good. One of those you never know. But where is he now? Nowhere. That answers that question. Yeah, really. Where is Chad Kelly now? In jail? Did he? I mean, I'm sure he got convicted for that. Uh, I don't think in jail, but he was wasn't he like in the XFL or AAF or something? And then he kind of flamed out there. I know he was uh, in Indy for a while, and then Green Bay. Let me see real quick. He said he is currently a free agent, but his last stop was the Colts. So he spent time in Green Bay, but he was a pre pre training camp uh rostering and so he didn't even get to put that on his resume as being on the Packers because it wasn't even for training camp so anyway yeah Indianapolis Colts in 2020 it shows here on uh his resume he was waived September 5th 2020 pardon he was released from the Colts September 30th last year so he's just been chilling man he's he's out the league Kind of get by on the Jim Kelly name, too, a little bit, I feel like. But his talent was evident. All right. Let's see. Thank you, Michael. Love you, bro. Appreciate you so, so much. Um, I think we're about caught up here. Make sure we're not missing any burning topics, questions. I think we are good to go. Eric, hey, bro. Big stars. Thank you, my friend. Seriously, thank you very, very much. And uh, it's good to see you. Jermaine says, no, he's not in jail. He tried out for Indy. Yeah, he did make it in Indy for a while, but uh, it was not meant to be. It didn't last. Didn't wait, last. wait, 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 wait. He was invited over the house that he got chased out of because he was on a dating website. And I thought, like, the husband of the woman chased him out of the house. I don't really understand the story there. Was it, like, an adultery Thing? Really, I, I, dude, I wasn't aware of this. This yeah. might be worthy of like drumming up an old story and, and being like, let's get some Chad Kelly page views going here, baby. <laughs> uh, Chad Kelly was cleared of all charges. I got to Google this, dude. Hold on. I mean, I Hold think on. I knew that. I didn't know that the woman invited him over. Is it the same woman that that so house he got chased out of? This is from Wiki. Kelly was arrested following an alter. Oh, hold on. Uh, no, that's not it. It's not yeah. even on his. Hold there on, is footage of that, but like, is the husband the husband of the woman he matched with on the dating website or whatever? That's what I want. All know. right, hold on. On here's Wiki on October twenty fourth. No way. What? No way. That's crazy. I didn't know all that. Right, all right, hold on. The Broncos released Kelly following his arrest on suspicion of first degree criminal trespassing. He allegedly entered a couple's place of residence after leaving teammate Von Miller's Halloween party. But here's the thing, Biggie. On March twentieth, that you know next spring. Kelly pled guilty to misdemeanor second degree criminal trespassing. So that was a sting operation, man. <laughs> we'll have to uh we'll have to investigate, but either way. Guys, thank you so much for what has been a phenomenal phenomenal 2021 for yeah. Zach and myself, Mile High Huddle, the Huddle Up podcast. I mean, we're two of the luckiest cats under the sun thanks to you guys and everything that you do for us, for all the shows here. 
and just know that from the bottom of our hearts, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to see what 2022 brings. It's going to be even better. Yeah, we're going to uh, have, a, a, I think, a more pleasant 2022 all the way around, Chad. It, not just with football, hopefully with the country and our lives and, you know, CV and this and that. So thank you all again for a marvelous year. We look forward to bigger and better things in the new year. We'll be back on Sunday for the Gut Reaction podcast following Broncos Chargers. Until then, follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at MileHighHuddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at KelbermanNFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at ScoutKennedy. And if you haven't, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a comfortable dad hat. Get yourself a trucker hat. Get yourself a hoodie, coffee cup, beanie. All there, HuddleUpPod.com. Also, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Become a supporter. The next time you see us is Sunday after the game. Next time you see me is Kelberman's Corner at halftime of the Broncos-Chargers game every single week. It's also uh, part of our menu that includes Broncos Book Club and Trickle Zone each and every week. Five bucks a month, worth every penny. I promise you that. And Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't, guys, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be a hat. Could be a shirt. Could be... A beanie each and every month but if you can't do those things do these three things takes a few seconds subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you that's right we will be raffling off a little care package to the five-star reviewers on apple Podcasts from the month of december we'll do that on sunday as well shout out to these great star supporters on facebook joe spath with a hundred bucks, Zach, in stars, really helping us close Thank the you. distance. Right along with Kevin Smith, some big dollars to close the gap. Michael, big dollars. Tim, big dollars. Andrew, big dollars. Shane, big dollars. Each and every one of you, thank you so much. Jermaine, Travis, Claude, Ray Kramer, uh, Isaac, Daniel, Jeremy, Eric Weber. Much love and respect to each and every one of you. All of our Super Chat superstars, you know who you are. That have kept this show going from the very beginning. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next year. Okay. Take care guys. Have a happy and safe new year's, you know, be safe. It's going to be crazy guys, but enjoy the new year. We'll see you in 2022. Take care. And as always go Broncos. You've been listening to the huddle up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.